0: What would you do to help the residents of poor black neighborhoods that ain't doing well? Would you pay more in taxes and have people call you a racist to help them out? Coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So I'm listening to the new uh, Barry Weiss podcast. She's talking to a guy named Alec McGillis about the rise in crime. And that's kind of my favorite subject. I talk about it quite a bit. and the reason why is because Black Lives Matter is a conspiracy theory that has caused the murder of 5,000 black people. Or at least, I've looked at the data, and that's what the data says to me pretty clearly. You don't have to, like, it's not hard. You don't have to, like, squint or something. It's, it's pretty clear. But so, this conversation that I'm about to listen to, uh, they think that the rise in crime is caused by COVID. And I'll kind of say why I think that's not exactly right. I mean, it maybe, it probably is partly. I mean, COVID was obviously a big deal. But I like to listen to anyone who talks about the subject, uh, even if they don't believe what I believe, you know, if they're going to throw out some data or some reasoning or whatever, hey, I mean, change my mind if you can. And so, like, Barry Weiss, maybe, maybe, you, dear listener, you know who that is, but. She's like a Jewish young woman who supports Israel and was the youngest uh, New York Times editorial editor or something like that. And then she left because everyone called her a Nazi. So she's not woke, but I mean, she and no one else in all of America has the balls. She'd be like, Black Lives Matter caused the murder of so many black people you can't even believe it. And let's look at just a little bit of simple data to show it. I have a, I have a podcast where I go over all the data previously. Search for BLM or something. But so let's hear some reasons why it may or may not be because of Black Lives Matter. Maybe it's because of COVID or some other reasons. And so you know, it's good to start a. You're going to about when you're going to when you're gonna talk about data. It's good to start off with like a human story to put a face on the data. And so they talk about Keisha and Dominic Beulah. I don't know, I have no idea how to spell the last name, but I think it's happened in Philadelphia. And so Dominic is a young black man, maybe early 20s, like real early 20s. And his mom is Keisha, she's a bus driver. And Dominic, for whatever reason, was out of work. And then he was, whatever, he went to the mall with some friends to buy some clothing that would help him go get a job. And so I guess there was security camera footage of all this. And basically there's two group of young black men, two groups. And so his group, and him and his friends, got in a fight with some other group at the mall. And then someone in the other group pulled out a gun and killed him. And it makes for an extra good yet tragic story because his mom, Keisha... Was driving her bus right past the mall, saw all the cops' cars and the ambulances and etc. While she's going by, didn't think about it, and then her phone blows up with uh, you know missed calls and texts and whatnot, and she learns that her son has been murdered. And so, I mean, they mentioned a couple other things. So this is this was not gang related. It wasn't like it wasn't the Bloods and the Crips. What that wasn't the two groups. I mean, no one knows why they got in a fight, but. But I guess, basically, it wasn't gang-related. That's the point. And so I think this is... this. I don't know if this is going to contradict what these guys say, but it contradicts what a lot of people say. Well, you know, everyone knows that young black men murder each other at an alarming rate, I think, five times as much as young... Or whatever. Black people commit murder five times as much as white people, for instance. And this is adjusted per capita, et cetera. That's the correct stat. I guess if you want to know overall... I think black people commit like 50% of the murders. And then, you know, whites, Hispanics, etc. In America, commit the other 50%. But the thing is, is that there's five times as many white people as black people in America. Like basically, if you see a young black man walking down the sidewalk, you probably shouldn't cross to the other side of the street because that's racist. But if you did, you might say, well, it's because that person is five times more likely to kill me than if he were white, a young white man. That was some other YouTube video I was watching there where they brought that up. Maybe I'll make a talk about that sometime. When is it okay to cross to the other side of the street? I guess, you know, here's here's the point of that story. What makes two groups of young men who meet each other in a mall get in a fight and then, you know, someone pulls out a gun and kills one of the other ones? Is it COVID? Like, how does COVID make you do that more? I mean, I think uh, I think, I think they'll, they will mention it later, but actually poverty, you know, is it poverty? Poverty, well, you know, poverty doesn't help. But the thing is, is that poverty has not changed, right? People are just, people were poor before COVID and people were poor after COVID. I mean, maybe it changed, maybe it changed a little bit. That's something to look at. But it's not, you know, it's not why did they do it. But why is this kind of thing shot through the roof? Why is there so much more of this kind of thing? So the answer is not poverty, because poverty hasn't changed that much. Basically, there's two giant things that changed in 2020, and it was COVID and the Black Lives Matter riots and protests. And then things related to that, uh, you know, maybe the cops got pissed off because of the riots and protests. Um, I think something that's interesting, this is something that I don't think about much and actually is a little bit of a a hole in my balloon. Um, A lot of courts were not like sentencing people or whatever, you know, like the the judges, the judges and whoever were not going to court because of COVID. So, you know, maybe the guy that shot Dominic should have been in prison, but the judge was, you know, sitting at home because of COVID. That's a possibility. Alright, so one thing you might think it is, is that we got all these progressive DAs going on now. District attorneys, and I think... I mean, I hate to say it, boy. I hate to say it, because it sounds like I'm a crazy person. But anyways, George Soros has put a bunch of money into uh, DA cam- progressive DA campaigns, like they're elected. Anyways, I'm not going to call them George Soros DAs. But anyways, progressive DAs. And there's been a bunch of them that have gotten... Elected in real big cities real big cities that had crime shoot through the frickin roof, you know double almost uh, murder rate stuff like that and their idea you know like one of the big ideas is that It revolves around bail. Basically you commit a crime. The normal thing is You stay in jail to your trial or you pay a bunch of money to get out But the new idea is just everyone gets out everyone can hang out outside of jail until their trial. Now, this is the McGillis guy. He's saying, you know, and, he, and he's woke. He, he worked for Vox. Super woke publication. But in any case, he looked at the various cities. It's like in the south. He, he brings up Jackson, Mississippi. Apparently, Jackson, Mississippi, I think that's the biggest city in Mississippi, and it's a teeny town. It's like one of the teeniest uh, big cities of any state. But uh, their murder shot through the effing roof like more than almost anyone and it's in the south they're super conservative you know everyone there's a republican etc they ain't got no progressive da and so in general there's some cities that have progressive da's who let criminals right out of the box after they commit a crime and then there's other cities that don't and the answer is they all had a giant increase in crime so it ain't because of progressive da's So this is interesting. They're talking about the DAs and the new ideas. Like right now, people are thinking that the war on drugs put too many black men into prison and that causes a lot of uh, the problems in poor black neighborhoods, which is probably true. But so they've been, you know, like it used to be like you get, I don't know what, 10 times longer prison sentence because of crack versus cocaine and... To put that really quickly, the reason why that is because crack is associated with violence versus cocaine because crack is done outdoors and cocaine is done indoors. But anyways, it was not a good look. Uh, I guess what I'm, the crack cocaine thing is not a slam dunk of racism. If you know people think it's a slam dunk, it ain't. Maybe I'll do a podcast on that. It's a longer story. But in any case, say you believe that crack is a slam dunk. You know, thing of racism showing that the criminal justice system is evil. Well, then, what do you do? Well, you you fight to change. You know, the the excessive sentencing of crack people, and that's fine. I mean, I agree with lowering sentences on drugs just in general. Period. But that's kind of old hat. I mean, they're still doing it. It's still going on. It ain't a done deal. But here's the interesting thing that this guy said that I hadn't quite realized. But, there, you know, what's the, what's the next thing? What's the next thing that's racist that needs to be changed? And that's people going around with guns. Like, for instance, New York City and a bunch of the big cities on the East Coast have, like, super harsh penalties if you are found with a gun. You know, you get pulled over in your car or patted down when you're walking or whatever. If you got a gun on you, things are not going to go well and you know they always say it's like New York they always say oh black and brown people are the only ones who are caught with guns but in fact it's almost all black people which is not a good look right that's that's considered a racist so in any case that's what people are looking you know you know they lowered the penalties for crack which is probably a good thing and now they're thinking about well you know it's it's virtually only young black men who are being caught with guns and that's why they're all going up the river to prison for a long time we need to Whatever. I guess we need to make that not illegal. And that is not the c- cause of this super giant crime spike lately. But anyways, it's just something to keep an eye on. Because if you let people walk around with guns more, uh, there may be some unintended consequences. You may be the proud winner of murdering a bunch of black people because of your ideas. So McGillis brings up the George Floyd riots and protests... And he notes he comments on the fact that they coincide exactly with the increase in murder. You know, Now that's something that I've noticed, and when I saw that, I'm like, "Oh, well, then that means that what's caused the murder. Either the murders caused the riots and protests, the riots and protests caused the murders, or something else caused both of them. That's your options. But anyways, it doesn't occur to him, or you know, maybe he doesn't let himself realize that, you know, maybe this thing causes that, or maybe he knows what the truth is and keeps his mouth shut. But it's just nice to notice someone saying, oh yeah, those things coincide perfectly. Like the Washington Post did an article with a graph, and it's like you can, whatever, if you go find a a graph of riots and you go compare it to the graph of murders from Washington Post, you'll see that they coincide perfectly, but they don't put the two things on the same graph, because, you know, then you'd be canceled. But to steel man the opposition a little bit, he's talking about, you know, over-policing or under-policing. Like, Black Lives Matter is based on the premise that black people are over-policed. You know, cops are going around murdering black people when black people are law-abiding citizens and unarmed, which is not true. But in fact, the other one is true. Like, you know, white people are not off the hook. It ain't like whatever, politicians, you know, you think politicians are good, wrong, but poor black neighborhoods, you know, that ain't doing good, they actually are under policed, you know, it's the opposite of what black lives matter says, it's the opposite of what a lot of people believe, but there is a problem with the police in these bad neighborhoods and that they are and what it is, is they ain't got enough cops. I mean, the neighborhoods are poor and they got a lot of crime. So that means you don't have much money to hire cops but you do need a whole ton of cops, right? So you know it's, it's a it's a sticky wicket. It's a vicious cycle. So the giant increase in crime is not caused by this. But in general, the reason why poor black neighborhoods are so crime ridden is because they need a ton of cops. You know, they they may need ten or a hundred times as many cops as some, you know, rich suburb that has no crime but no one wants to pay for it so i'm looking at you white people open up your pocketbook pay for those cops and it's a shame i mean this is you know it's a hard thing to get out of like basically you dear listener you have to pay more in taxes while people call you racist and say that cops are the problem when they're actually the solution but yeah you're not going to get you're not going to get patted on the back you get called a racist if you want to if you want to help black people you got to get called a racist Gotta get over it. Alright, we're gonna talk about this more tomorrow? We'll see. Twitter handle at ReligionOfWoke and thanks for listening.